Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Motivated Learning Podcast. I am your host, Buddy Broyles. You can see the video version of each episode on the Motivated Learning YouTube channel or watch it live on our Facebook or LinkedIn pages, all of which are linked in the show notes. Today, I am very excited to welcome Richard Harmer, a certified crisis consultant. Richard is a recognized leader in crisis and corporate communications and digital media strategies. As a certified communication consultant, Richard is skilled in analyzing existing internal and external communications. I'd like to welcome Richard to the show. Richard, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great, buddy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm so grateful, and I, I see what you're doing, and people are hungry for knowledge right now. And so, what what you're doing and your resources, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see, buddy. Well, I really appreciate your time, Richard, and I, I appreciate appreciate you joining us on our show. So let's kick it off with uh, tell us and our audience about who you are and your current past roles and what got you to where you are now. Kind of give us give us the long story of of Richard Harmer. I don't know if there's a long story. I'm still young, buddy. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, as, as you mentioned before, I'm a certified crisis communications consultant, and that wasn't necessarily born out of something I was I was prepared to do right off the bat. I think over the last uh, 20 years of working in marketing and uh, public relations and, and media and digital strategies, you know, it sort of evolved to that. And uh, I, you know, took those next steps and got certified and, and uh, yeah, here I am. So I originally, I used to have a computer company uh, based in Dallas, Texas. Um, and then I eventually went to uh, marketing and consulting and I've been kind of doing that ever since, uh, to be honest with you. And it's all I, all I know, it's all I've ever done. Uh, the evolution of media has changed. As you know, you're in the business, buddy, and uh, we've had to evolve with the the constant change. And so, you know, for me, I think how I got here was really learning everything tactically. And, and then when you can do things tactically and you can also see it at a higher level, you you start um, you start pinpointing what it is that you like. You start seeing yeah. all the different aspects of of media and where you kind of want to be. And so here I am, 60% of my business is uh, corporate and crisis communication. Um, you know, the other part is more, more internal communications and digital media strategies. Excellent. So uh, you had mentioned, you know, there's, there's changes over the industry over time, you know, all the different industries, it, there's constant evolution happening. Uh, tell me real quick, like, uh, what is the past, I, I say year, it's longer than a year now. I mean, talk to me about your, your business. Say, let's go back to, you know, February or, or January, you know, 2020 to current. You know, what, what changes have you seen and that have impacted you based on the customers you serve? You know, for me personally, buddy, last year was an interesting year. I didn't really have the effects that a lot of people um that a lot of people had. It did affect me in a, I hate to say in a positive way, but you know, and it did. I dealt with more crises last year than I've ever dealt with in my career. And I don't know if it was a, a sign of the times or it was a mixture of the sign of the times and what we were going through with COVID. Uh, starting in February, actually I got my, my first crisis of the year in February. Uh, you know, and I'm not, I can't really pinpoint why. I don't, I'm not really sure to be candid, uh, but nevertheless, um, 2020 was interesting for all of us. But the one thing that I 
think that we we found was we have the ability at any level at any scale to create as much content as we want right so i think when you're when you're positioned like yourself or or someone like me uh, to, uh, in a position to help facilitate that and and tell the organizations and tell the companies how to do it i think that's what was needed and i happened to fall in the right place at the right time as you know you're you know you have this show and a lot of things are born out of being uncomfortable and i think a lot of us were uncomfortable Sure. Well, tell me a little bit about your processes. Uh, so say from a crisis management and, you know, digital media and so on, what, what are, what's a flow process? And talk to me about, uh, you know, a, a specific crisis, you know, that you identify with, say, a large organization. You know, the, the types of crisis that I deal with on a regular basis, buddy, they, they vary. I mean, everything from, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace to, you know, a senior leader, um, you know, doing something fraud, or, you know, it, it, it yeah. varies, right? But my process really is the same. Usually a crisis is born from a culture problem. It's not, it's a symptom of a larger problem, first of all. And, the, you know, whenever an organization grows, uh, you could look at it this way. Time and people Time and people will eventually uh, fray the edges of the corporation, right? So True. if you're not buttoned up on the inside and your culture is not buttoned up and your DNA is not buttoned up, your brand and your organization is going to fall prey to some of the exterior things and interior things that can happen if it's in your industry or dealing with personnel. So the process that I actually have covers all of that. The first thing that most people fail to do in an organization is acknowledge that there's a crisis. And this is usually because as the organization grows, the checks and balances in place are not there. Usually they're missing. You know, people will say things like, we have an open door policy. Well, buddy, if the last four people that went into HR got fired for complaining uh, about something, guess what? You don't have an open door policy. Your culture will supersede policies and procedures all day long. Right. That's kind of where I start. We have to acknowledge the crisis. We have to acknowledge and tell everybody that the crisis is happening. And we also have to deal with the, the culture issues inside of the organization. Right, and what, what I found interesting uh, when we first talked uh, prior to the show, weeks back actually, was one of the things that you do, and you understand most of the audience that, I, that follow us are instructional designers or have some relation to the training industry, and what you do mm -hmm. and the things you identify or help customers uh, and companies identify, the crisis, you know, it's, it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And in our case, sure. the, the people who are in crisis identify most of the times where the training is lacking, you know, where the problems are in the organization. Right. So like you mentioned, culture, the, the, the open door policy, which may or may not exist, that, that sure. basically opens up all the different things in organization that really 
aren't being trained, that aren't in a manual or not being passed on through their different processes. So that's where someone like you comes in, is that you identify for the customer or, cl or your client, all you open their eyes to all the different things that, that are challenging them, and that typically becomes the training that my team and other, uh, you know, our right. viewers, you know, and, and that's the best part, is if you do your job well and show them organizationally what you're doing wrong, especially when a crisis happens, because that, when, when things, you know, what is it, um, the, the best laid plans, are, uh, like you can have, the, uh, it's some war thing, right? You, you can have the greatest right. plans until the first bullet is fired, and that's when yep. uh, everybody just loses their minds, right? But a properly trained organization with a good, solid culture, and again, that's, that's what we provide, and others like us, um, those things don't impact the company as much when people are ready to go. I mean, just like firemen practice every day for a reason, because they know sure. the crisis is coming. It's not if, it's it's when. when. And so that's yes. what someone like you can, can do. You had mentioned an organization here in Dallas that you walked through. Uh, talk, talk to me about that process and what that exposed. So you're talking about the Dallas Mavericks organization. That's correct, that's right. You know, walk us through yeah, that. So, so in 2018, you know, most people know that the Dallas Mavericks had um, a bit of a media problem. Well, you know, through the hiring, Mark Cuban hired Sint Marshall, who basically changed the organization. She didn't just change the organization; she changed the culture, buddy. And that was a big shift. It was a paradigm shift on how people deal with a crisis, right? A lot of times a crisis will expose one or two things, either a weakness in, in an organization, okay, or a complete culture problem. So, you know, for instance, the what the Dallas Mavericks had to deal with was sexual harassment in the workplace and a whole host of other issues, right? So what they did is they said, okay, we're not only gonna make this and, and fix this, we're gonna make it a cause. Mark Cuban did not buy the Dallas Mavericks in order to make sexual harassment and all of the uh, and and you know equity or uh, um, equality in the workplace. That's not why he bought the organization. He just liked basketball. But guess what? His cause ended up being. So we have the saying, you know, apologies are expensive. Apologies are very expensive, but you also have to be willing to take on the cause that gets exposed. Yeah, you know, so the crisis that gets exposed, buddy. And so, for someone like you, who creates content on a regular basis, that I look at two, one of two ways. It's an insurance policy, but it's also a way to talk about your culture. It's a way to communicate. I'm a communicator. That's what I do for a living, buddy. That is all I do. And it doesn't matter if it's internal. It doesn't matter if it's external. It doesn't matter. A lot of times you, we create videos and these types of things, just like what you have here for internal purposes as well. It allows people to be a part of what the organization is doing. Very few organizations actually see it that way. You know, they think that it's just some sort of marketing tool or they're doing it for a potential client or, you know, whatever that is. Right. And, you know, you may think, well, yeah, we we make boxes or we do, you know, something else that most people aren't interested in. But you have to remember one thing. You're doing it for the people inside of the organization as much as you're doing it for the people outside of the organization. We tend to forget that. Then when a crisis happens, 
and you have nothing to go to, you don't have any content, you don't have any videos, people have no idea what your culture and what your brand actually looks like. They see a logo, they see a product, they see a service, but they don't have that feeling that you get. By creating content on a regular basis, you can get a feel of, of the company's culture. And it, is, it says, wow, they've been doing this for so long, they're experts in their field, you know, they really care about their people, they really care about their clients, they really care about the products, they really care about how they serve. Because at the end of the day, that's what you do. You provide a service, even if you're selling a product or a widget or whatever that is. And right. so we have to remember that now everybody today, everybody has the ability to do this. Technology has come so far in just 10 years. I remember creating video you know, 13 or 14 years ago for, for nonprofit organizations, and they just thought it was just the biggest deal. But, buddy, everybody's doing it now. So if you're not ahead, you're only gonna get behind and it's only gonna take you one crisis to fall behind. And if you have more than two people in your organization, it's gonna happen. At some point, it's gonna happen. Right, and another thing we've observed and you have as well, because you work with C-level, high-level people in the organization, is you know one of the first things you have to do is remind them, and, and some of them get it. It's, a, it's the best thing when you walk in to an organization that they get it from, they understand from the top down that the audience isn't necessarily the C-suite. The audience is the people who need, or, and literally the audience are the, are the people who, when, when the crisis happens, the people that don't know what to do. Now, C-suite may know, um, upper, upper level management may know, but if it's not getting down to the, to the people who are literally driving the forklift or you know, processing the, the information or definitely the PR people, if, they're not right. if they don't understand the culture, then, then there's you know, systemic failure, right? So how do you get ahead right. of that is first talking to the leadership and making sure that they agree, and they often do, that they're not their audience. They ha we have to identify the audience first and who needs that information, and unfortunately, Unfortunately, crisis situations definitely reveal who that audience is. The people who aren't doing their jobs well, the people uh, who are walking right. into HR and getting fired because they didn't know, right. you know, the policy or culture or run or one right. very unaware of what um, the motives were for the business. So it's really important to to make sure, like you said, and and now, really good point. Creating media is so easy. It's attainable for any anybody. Yeah. You don't need necessarily someone like us, but uh, you know, my kids can do it on their phones and they can generate, yes, they can create their own are. YouTube channel just like that. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying, don't let that be the hurdle. You know, let it, right. make sure that it's the message that is usually the, the hardest yeah. part. Get the message right. The media is easy. Um, so I want to move on real quick, uh, Richard, unless you have a follow-up sure. for that. Go ahead. Well, you know what? You just said a word, buddy, that I want to address. You said systemic, yeah. right? As a crisis person, whenever I go into an organization and they said this event happened, this person did this, or you know, th something happened, right? Buddy, I can isolate an incident, I can isolate an event, I can isolate a person, but what I can't isolate and remove is systemic issues inside of an organization. If you don't have the proper training, if you don't have the proper uh, dashboards to, to see what's happening inside of the or organization, you don't have the proper KPIs set up in your organization, you don't have the proper measurement tools in the organization, something is going to come amiss inside of the system. 
and it's going to keep happening over and over and over. I think we right? might. Oh, there you are. So we got you back. That's the thing that I. That's the. There, there. So that's one of the things that I can't isolate is a systemic issues inside of the organization. That's going to have right. to come from within. That's yep. going to have to come from inside of the organization. Well, I think, and you made a really good point, Richard, is, is you can't just put the videos out there. You can't just put the training out there. It has to be no. measured. And that's that's where companies invest. And, and there are so many options now in learning management systems or or at least someone who's tracking the training, encouraging some a, a leader, uh, could be HR or someone who is making sure that not only are they is the information available, but they're they're right. actually taking it. It's not just a check a box too. So when training no. is created poorly or information is distributed poorly with a poor message, it's not consumed. Whereas the right. other side of that is if you design it well, you design it to be tracked, you build a system that has, like you mentioned, a dashboard so you can see you know, who's going through it. And even if possible, yes. and this it's available now, gamify it, make a leaderboard, make, make it team-based, create cohorts you know, that are going through their training. Make it interesting because sometimes the content isn't, but at least make right. it you know, put some personality in, into it, B make it a team building thing. And there's so many options that are available now. And so many of our audience, uh, you know, they are trying to create this content for their employers and the companies they work for and, and build training for. And we're all pushing the same thing, create the media, but right. make sure they're, they're consuming it and, and make sure you're tracking it. Cause then, like you said, when a crisis happens, you can look at all of your, your data and say, well, wait, we've been doing all these things, right? Let's identify where the problem is. And it may just be a certain department and you can look on, on the tracking system and say, no one in that department yes. took the training. So then that's, that's an easy solve. Talk to that manager. What's going on? You know, Bob right. or Susie or whatever, none of your people are trained and now we're in crisis. So, but you can't know that if you just have a YouTube channel, here's all the training, go take it. You know, so and it's the, like, it doesn't solve the problem. Buddy, those tools are available and affordable Correct. for all organizations. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's really the key. Those monitoring systems, you know, are, are out there. there. There's tons of them. People are creating yeah. them every single day. And with AI, it's happening faster and faster and faster True. to where you can pinpoint a problem. That's correct. So um, moving forward, um, Richard, so obviously you're great at what you do. You have um, a real passion for it. Let's talk about what motivates you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What are your mantras? What are your, your processes that I'm going to accomplish this for my customers? Let's talk about you as a person and, and what gives you your go. Purpose. My purpose, buddy, has always been to help other organizations succeed. There may be something I say or something I do or a plan I implement or a strategy. And purpose is quite literally um, gets me up in the morning because I get to help somebody else, right? That's my purpose. A lot of times I don't know the end result. And after that, you know, I'm an executive advisor to a few guys and I help write speeches and talks. And if they have the ability to reach people, their audience, their employees, whomever, I have no idea what the outcome is gonna be. I don't have to know that. My, why I get up every single morning is because I believe that communication is the foundation to change. 
I think that how you deliver uh, deliver a message and how it's received is the most important thing in an organization. I help companies get them on, I help get companies on the platforms that they need and get the right message to their people, whatever that looks like. That's what I do best. You know, a lot of times it could be as simple as, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of IT or a lot of IT departments are siloed out, right? They, they, they create these silos inside of the organization, but what we don't, most people don't realize this is how important IT is to the rest of the organization. IT is a vital part of keeping the organization moving forward. But if you don't effectively communicate with IT and understand them, and IT doesn't understand what the department's end goal is, there's gonna be a disconnect. So someone like me comes in and I help engage the two departments and help facilitate that relationship, buddy. And I see it over and over and over again. I see that these silos inside of these large organizations just sort of happen over time. Again, time and people, the edges get frayed a little bit. So if you can actually bring it all back together through technology, through things like this, through training, through video, through whatever that looks like, and monitor all that and track everything, you can actually create a smaller circle of 10,000 employees. So where everyone is getting the same information and everybody understands everybody else's why. Buddy, that's huge. Communication is why I wake up. I promise you, it's a passion of mine. I believe it wholeheartedly. I read 50 to 60 books every single year, just focused on this one niche, just this one thing, how human behavior works and how it affects everyone inside of an organization, how you communicate truly, truly matters. And yeah. that's, that's really why I give up. I have why I get up I, that I have that purpose. I have that drive to help that. And I, I don't know why I don't know what started that. I couldn't pinpoint a, a, a specific reason, but here I am excited right. to get up every single day. I love it. Yeah. And and Richard, you mentioned you know communication. I, I know you have a podcast that you're. I, I believe it's weekly. Tell us about that. Right. So I have a podcast with a friend of mine, Rocky Hare, who is a attorney. He's an entertainment lawyer and personal injury attorney in here in Dallas, Texas, and it's called Rock and Rich Uncomfortable. When we started this podcast, we we thought that our conversations would be interesting. We thought that if people could take away something from the podcast and from our guests, well, that would be amazing. Because again, communication is key. We wanted to do that. We talk about uncomfortable subjects. We talk about uncom with, with uncomfortable people. We talk about everything from death to you know when Jason Witten, he was one of our guests, uh, how how he made it, how he was was in an uh, abusive household, and how he became one of the most uh, uh, one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history, and it, he's amazing. And through that, what we didn't think about, buddy, is how it would actually affect us. I am learning more with each guest than I ever thought possible. It's changing the way that I look at people and it's changing the way that I, that I, that I do business quite, quite honestly. And I think it's an authentic view of how to actually succeed. Not all this cover bull crap and not all this, we're talking an authentic, real 
view of how to succeed. Perseverance, man, it's been a reoccurring theme in, in the podcast. And so, so is that, so is, um, uh, there, there's perseverance and then there's relationships. Relationships come up over and over and over again. The ability to connect, but connection doesn't always have to be in person. Connection can be through a podcast. Connection be what you're doing, what we're doing right here. That right. one-on-one, that personal, that personal connection is really what pushes us all forward. And buddy, during COVID, we got exposed. We 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 had to catch up. We just realized we have all of these tools right here at our disposal, and we weren't using them like we should in 2019. We need to be doing this and seeing each other face to face. It's not or, it's and. We right. need to make sure we solidify our relationships. So yeah, believe, that's really I, why I started the podcast. Yeah, that's terrific. Give us the name of the podcast one more time, Richard. It's Rock and Rich Uncomfortable, and you could download it and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And, and terrific, you know, terrific. Uh, next week we have a great guest, and Jason Witten's been on the show, and a gentleman that did 35 years in prison, a friend of mine, Gene McGuire. His story wow. is remarkable. It changed my life. Yeah. 35 years terrific. in prison, and the, the tools that he used in prison to survive and to find freedom, yes, he found freedom in prison, are the same tools that we can use in real life. It's not comfortable, but I promise you it'll change your life. Terrific. Well, thank you, Richard. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, any final words or advice for someone, say, the, the younger Richard starting his career, um, pathways you would take knowing that communication is so important and you know, identifying um, the different ways to, to reach your audience? You know, whatever it is that you wanna do in life, your first goal needs to be to point your ship in that direction. Most people, they don't think about it like this. I was talking to my uh, little cousin the other day. She's 16 years old. She's got a 4.3 GPA. She just needs to steer her ship in the direction that she wants to go in. She talked to me about, you know, she was going to get a job at, uh, you know, a barbecue place. Well, she wants to do finance. Buddy, I'm going to tell you right now, she could get an internship at a CPA, find a mentor that will help get her pointed in the right direction in the field that she wants to go in. What we fail to do when we're younger and what I would tell my younger self, get pointed in the direction that you want to go sooner. Find a mentor, find your purpose in that industry. Because I promise you, if you can get pointed in that direction, your your circles become smaller, your relationships become tighter, and you start really getting involved in the industry itself, whatever that is, whatever industry that is. If you want to be in politics, get involved, get involved with the local chamber of commerce, get involved with the, the, you know, community efforts, get involved with, you know, little small community social uh, things that, that are people doing on it constantly networking. So, you know, that's, that's my advice is really just don't set your goal so high to be the president or whatever, get on a path to be right. the president. Don't worry about all Perfect. that other stuff. Right. Well, Richard, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and obviously your insights and your position in the business. And like I said, one of the, the value that you bring to this show is you're, you're on the front lines of identifying what ultimately becomes training programs 
You know, so someone has right. to point it out. Uh, and, and like I said, unfortunately, crisis is it does that, but you help guide them on the path to, to educating their entire organization in some cases. So I really appreciate you being on the show today. Absolutely, buddy. I'm a big fan of yours. I love what you're doing. And I think that HR companies, every HR, HR departments can utilize what you're doing in so many ways, buddy. And they, they need to take advantage of this because they're, they're not in video production. They don't do this stuff for a living, True. but here they have right. access to a company like yours that can create these training programs that can do this stuff internally and externally. And they need to take advantage of it because it's, it's, it's a big deal. And it needs to, I'm telling you, it needs to happen because it can prevent me from them hiring me. I promise. True, true. Get it right. So, so basically, it's apple a day keeps the Richard away. But in this case, proper training, right. you know, keeps keeps Richard at bay. But, but obviously, when they need you, That's they'll right. know how to find you. So, excellent. Thank you for listening to the Motivated Learning Podcast, produced by Visual Learning Solutions. Once again, if you wish to watch the show live, please visit our Facebook or LinkedIn page for further details.